Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Beginning in chapter 19, we're in the final week of the life of Jesus. And in chapter 19, just uh, by show of hands, were you with me in chapter 19? Just by show of hands, were you with me? That's a good number of you and a good number of you that were not. Uh, In chapter 19, Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he went into the temple and he turned over the money changers or the tables of, of money changers. And Jesus said, my house, I find that interesting. He said, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it. Anybody know a den of thieves and Jesus cleansed the temple and it angered the religious leaders because Jesus was literally taking ownership of the temple and he's teaching daily in the temple chapter 19, right about verse 47. You can look at that where he's teaching daily in the temple. And so it was bad enough that Jesus had entered Jerusalem the way that he did, but to set up shop in the temple, teaching there on a daily basis was just too much. So last Sunday we talked about, we looked at the religious leaders and they were asking Jesus, by whose authority does he do these things? By whose authority do you come into the temple and turn over the money changers? And drive people out. And Jesus, were you with me? Jesus asked them a question of which they were unable to answer. And Jesus said, since you can't answer my question, I won't answer your question. Don't you love Jesus? You can't answer my question, I won't answer your question. Well, chapter 20, beginning in verse 9 through 16, last week we talked about, Jesus begins to tell a parable of an owner of a vineyard who leased it to a vine dresser and he went into a far country. And sometime later, he sent a servant to get some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vineyard vine dressers beat the servant and sent them away empty handed. And he sent another servant and they beat him and he sent a third and they wounded him. And then the owner said, what shall I do? I know I'll send my beloved son. And they would probably respect him, but they killed him because of the inheritance. And the owner of the vineyard said, I will destroy those vine dressers and give the vineyard to others. That Jesus was saying that God expected great things from his spiritual vineyard, Israel. We talked about this last week. And God wanted them to bear fruit and to be a light to the Gentiles. And so God sent them holy men and prophets, but they rejected them. And then God sent his son, his beloved son, his only beloved son, Jesus, and they killed him. And then Jesus quoted the stone that was rejected by the builders was the chief cornerstone. Well, when they heard this, they understood that Jesus was making reference to them, that they were the builders who rejected Jesus. 
Today, we continue in chapter 20, and I've titled this sermon, One More Question. Luke chapter 20, saints, beginning in verse 20. If you're looking at verse 20, say, I'm looking at it. So, they watched him, and they sent spies who pretended to be righteous. Are you getting me? That they might seize on his words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. And then they asked him, saying, Teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly, and you do not show personal favoritism, but you teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he received their craftiness, perceived their craftiness, and he said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius or show me a penny. Whose image and inscription does it have? And they answered and they said, what did they say, saints? And he said to them, can you read it with me? Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Can everyone read it with me? Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. But they could not catch him in his words in verse 26 in the presence of the people. And they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Stop right there. Give me your attention. After all these things, they sent spies who pretended to be righteous that they might trip him up in his words. Now, listen, do I need to say this? Spying on God and trying to trick God is not a good thing. If you knew that, wave at me. Y'all so cute. Y'all like. So they're trying to trip Jesus up in his words in order to send him to the governor. Now, the reason, listen, the reason they had to deliver him to the governor is because the Jews couldn't execute the death penalty. The Romans, are you listening? The Romans had taken that power away from the Jews to execute the death penalty. So they were no longer able to stone people to execute them. The form of execution for the Jewish people was what? Stoning. Very good. And the form of execution for the Roman government was what? Crucifixion. Now here I see, listen, here I see God's hand and God's sovereignty and God performing and directing and steering his will in the affairs of men. Don't you understand that God is in control of peoples? If you understand that, say amen. Do you not understand that God is in control of nations? And so often we get so caught up in, you know, who's the president? Who's in office? You know, what about this? And what about those people in office? And what about these political issues? Can I tell you something? Nothing is out of God's control. It doesn't matter who is in office. God is going to fulfill his plan and his purpose on earth, regardless of who is in the White House. It doesn't matter. Somebody say amen and clap your hands. Would you do that? God, God is just puppeting man. God is puppeting man. And here we see God is puppeting the Romans. 
Because the Romans said, okay, Jewish people, no more stoning for you. You are not allowed to stone people to execute. From now on, there will be crucifixion. They not realizing that God is using them to fulfill Bible prophecy because in Psalm 22, it tells us that Jesus was to die on the cross, that Jesus was to die by crucifixion, not stoning. Are you getting me? God's plan and God's will, no man can stop it. No man can turn it. So even in this, I see God's plan and God's hand. Now look at verse 22. They asked Jesus another question. They said, Master, we know that you're teaching rightly and you are not a respecter of persons. You teach the way of God in truth. They're saying, Jesus, you are the greatest They are buttering him up. Now, can I tell you something? Two things. One, I already told you. You cannot trick God. And number two, you cannot butter him up. Buttering him up does not work. That will work for me. Please, butter. (laughs) But buttering him up does not work. You see, they ask, is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, get this. Israel hated being subject to the Romans. And so they think that they've got Jesus trapped. They say, is it lawful for us, God's chosen people, to pay taxes to Caesar? And if he says yes, the people will hate him and, they will, and they'll have victory. And if he says no, then they'll report Jesus to the Roman government as a revolutionary because he's telling the people not to pay money to Rome. And so they think they've got him trapped. They're thinking we got him. But did you notice verse 20, 23? Jesus knew what they were up to. And he said, why are you tempting me? In verse 24, Give me a Daenerys or give me a penny. Or what I like to say is, show me the money. Jesus says, show me the money. Whose image is on the penny? And they said, what? Caesar's. And Jesus said, well, then it just makes sense. Give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's. Essentially, Jesus said, you recognize Caesar's civil authority when you use his coins. Therefore, you are obliged to pay him the taxes that he asked for. And there's some scriptures in the Bible that I personally wish were not there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the one that says, if your neighbor slap you, then turn the other cheek. I wish that wasn't in the Bible. I really do. I wish it said, if your neighbor slap you, then knock him out. That sounds a little more scriptural, don't you? Unfortunately, it doesn't say that. And another verse that that I wish was not in the Bible, that is in the Bible, is found in Romans chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. And then we'll look at verses 5 through 7. This is one of those verses I wish was not in the Bible. It says, let every soul, it's on the screen, saints, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. But there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist or the governments that exist are appointed by who, saints? You got it. Therefore, in verse 5, therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of 
this, you also pay taxes, for they, the government, are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Therefore, in verse 7, render, there, render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Romans chapter 13, verse 7 tells us to render all their due taxes to whom taxes are due and customs to whom customs is due. That relates to sales tax. So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I traveled to India and Calvary Chapel, Carrie, has a school for pastors and church leaders We planted a school in India. Can somebody clap your hands and get happy about that? I am. I'm very happy about that. So I told you I went there a couple of weeks ago, and um, um, it was just awesome, 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 just awesome. I share with you, you know, Wednesday night, I felt like when I left church this past Wednesday night after sharing with you, I felt like I did a terrible job at sharing... um, what the Lord did, because it just honestly, I think, I think I just couldn't put it into words. I think that's what the problem was. I think I was failing to be able to share what God did. As I looked at a room full of pastors and, and church leaders, and they're, they're hungry for the word of God. And then they, 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 they sat on the edge of their seats, and, and I spoke in English, and there was a translator in Telugu, and we recorded it on MP3 players. And so I told you that I needed, to, um, I needed your prayers. Remember I told you? Because I was going to India, and I was taking a lot of um, equipment, a lot of electronics. I took two uh, laptops, um, microphone cords, microphones. I took uh, recording equipment. We had 15... Uh, MP, I had 15 MP3 players in my luggage. I had all this equipment in my luggage. When I got to India, I realized I didn't have any clothes. I know, I didn't even have any underwear. Was that TMI? So, as I got there, and I, you know, I realized, and so I asked you, I said, please pray for me, because I know going through customs every single time I go through customs. And for those of you that have been around here, you know, I've been to India probably 15 times. And, and every single time I go through customs, they give me a problem, probably because my, my passport is stamped up, and I was on a tourist visa, and they probably were like, you know, how many times can one person be a tourist? I mean, I got 12 times stamped. How many times can you be a tourist? So every time I go, I always get a problem. I asked you guys to pray, especially because I had a lot of electronic equipment. So when I got there, um, uh, three flights, three international flights came in at the same time to Hyderabad, India. Customs was ridiculous. I had never, ever, ever been in a customs line that long. It took an hour. We were just like snail speed crawling along to get through customs because there were so many people. And the whole time that we were in line, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, please just let me get through customs with no problems. You remember last time I went, they took me for interrogation into this room and asked me why I was there. And I told them like 19 times, but they didn't believe me. And, and, and so I'm always having problems. So I'm praying, Lord, just let me get through customs with no problems. God, please, Lord, just, just have your hand upon me. And, you know, so I'm praying the whole time. I finally get up to the customs gate 
up to the customs counter and I hand him my passport and I stand there and he looks up at me, looks at my passport. And then he, you know, he swiped it through the machine and then he stamped it approved. Uh, Somebody should be clapping your hands right there. I was so thankful. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And I was so thankful. I mean, I was, I was so happy. So I went down a baggage claim and I had some problems with baggage. So I was really happy when I saw my luggage come around the carousel because I thought my luggage was on another plane. The laptops and stuff was on another plane. Turns out they got my luggage on the plane. Everything was going great. I'm like, this is wonderful. Everything is going great. So I'm walking. I got my baggage. I'm walking out. And, and they have a, right before you get out the door, they have another customs check. I know. When I saw that, I went, oh. So I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> I mean, I just went in the spirit. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, I, I mean, honestly, it was like, I was like, this is, because I've got all this stuff now. I got to go through customs again. And then they had the scanner thing. So the guy, I try to get around because a lot of people try, I try to sneak around the guy. And the guy was like, hey, you. So I was like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, me? (laughs) There's like, you know, 900 people there. Who, me? (laughs) So he says, put your luggage on the the little scanner thing. I put my luggage on the scanner thing and get it through to the other side. And he says to me, "Uh, do do you have a laptop? You have laptops in your computer, in your your bag? And I said, "Uh, yeah. He says, how many laptops do you have with you? I said, three, mine and two in the bag. He says, oh, well, you know, you, you're only allowed to bring into the country one laptop. I said, who came up with this idea? I said, when did, the, 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 what, did you not think to tell anybody? Who came up with this idea? I'm standing there arguing with the man. He says, well, you can only bring in one, you know, he's telling me in the best English he can. He says, you can only bring in one laptop that belongs to you, and the two laptops that are in your bags, you're going to have to pay customs on them. I said, what do you mean I'm going to pay customs on them? He says, well, how much are the laptops worth? I said, well, they're not worth anything. They're old laptops. In the U.S., we throw away old laptops and get new ones. They're not worth anything. Well, how much are they worth? I said, well, 450, 450, two old laptops, 450. So he does some weird math. And then he says, oh, well, you're going to have to pay $100. I said, are you kidding me? I mean, in Hindi, you know, I speak Hindi. In Hindi, I, I said to him, I said, what you talking about, Willis? He said, you're going to have to pay $100. I said, I, I, no, I'm not going to pay $100. I said, you don't have a sign anywhere posted around here. Nobody knows. When did this rule come up? You guys are trying to scam people. And I'm thinking all the while, I'm going to jail today. <laughs> I know I'm going to jail. I just, I'm, you guys are trying to scam people. It's not right. It's not right. It's just not right. So I said to him, I said, um, he says, well, you have to pay $100. And I'm not paying $100. So I have this letter um, that I carry with me along with my visa. 
Um, it's a letter from the state, from Andhra Pradesh, from the state of Andhra Pradesh. I work with uh, the Freedom Foundation, as you know. I also work with an organization called Chetana Mahila Mandali Sex Workers Forum. And this Sex Workers Forum is they, they get women off the street who are prostitutes. That's where the HIV-infected children come from. They get women off the street. They take them. They train them. They give them a skill. They teach them how to make candles. They actually try to teach them how to be businesswomen and how to make spices and things of that nature. So I work with them. Well, a good friend of mine named Jaya Singh is good friends with a state official. So he got me a letter signed by the state official that, you know, I was a charity worker. I come to India to do charitable work. And so, um, you know, this letter says, you know, I come to do charitable work and that I'm a great guy. And... um, you know, which is really true. And, and, he's in, and it basically, that's what it said. So, so I, I pulled out the letter. I said, I said, I'm here to do charity work, and you're trying to get 100 bucks from me, so read this letter. So he reads a letter, and he, he reads the letter, and he says, and he gives me back a letter. He says, you still need to pay 100 bucks. <laughs> and I thought, this is not going good. So then, then, I, thought, then I said, you know what? You know what? The state person who signed this letter is a good friend of mine. I'll tell you, I wouldn't know the man on, on a dirt road, but that, I was lying for Jesus. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, do what I say. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Don't do what I do. So I said, I said he's a good friend of mine. And I'm going to call him right now. It's three o'clock in the morning, right? I'm going to call him right now because this is a ripoff. A hundred bucks is, I mean, a hundred bucks is like a thousand dollars here. That's a lot of money in India. A hundred bucks in Indian rupees is a lot of money. So I said, I'm going to call him right now. So I pull out my iPhone and I dial the number and I actually called my wife. And so, and I, and I actually left off like one of the ones, you got to dial zero one one and I dialed the number and it didn't go through. So I'm standing there talking, the guy's looking at me and I'm like, yes, um, yes, I'm, I'm here at customs and, uh, they're trying to take advantage of me. I'm looking over at the guy like, uh, yes. And, and they're uh, asking me for a hundred dollars and, uh, I don't think that it's right. And, uh, yes, um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, yes. Uh, okay. I understand. I understand. Hung up the phone. I said, he wants you to wait right here and I'm going to wait right here because he's going to be calling any minute because he wants to know what is going on because something seems like corruption. So he wants you to wait and, and I'm going to wait right here. <laughs> that, that's what he told me. So I, I, I had like somebody on the phone saying this call cannot go through. <laughs> So, this is a true story. After every service today, people say, is that a true story? I say, yes, this is a true story. So, he says, I said, he wants you to wait. And so, the guy looks at me and he goes, just go, just go, just go. And so, and then he said, just go, just go, just go. And then I want to try to act bad. You know, I was like, yeah. I'm pulling my back. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's still gonna call. You better wait. You better. And on the way out, I'm like, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus." 
<laughs> and so, you know, what I'm trying to tell you is to lie. And uh, I mean, you know, I, I just wanted, I just wanted to get through and not. And so the Bible says, This dude, you know, it's kind of hard to go back to the scriptures from that. You know what I mean? So the Bible says two reasons, according to, to Romans, two reasons why Christians should obey the government. Not in this case, but, but two reasons why Christians should obey the government. Number one, for wrath's sake. Wrath is a good motivation for obedience. Amen, saints? And number two, for conscience sake, because we know what is right and wrong before God. When we dishonor God, listen, when we don't pay our taxes, seriously, we dishonor God. And we dishonor God when we write bad checks with the Christian fish on it and, and, and Bible verses. Now, I know I'm not talking to anybody here, but we write checks that bounce. And you got Christian fish on them. Jesus loves you. Well, if he loved me that much, you can give him my money. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.